You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It would take a half hour to shave the head. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Round ball right side and through. Through scores. Rosario heading home. Inside, and it hit him. And Torres will go to first, and the Twins win it. Yes, nothing nothing stamps an exciting season like a walk-off hit-by-pitch to a, a random dude that like no one's heard of. But I, that was awesome last night. I left after the ninth, got home, was watching uh, the game at that point, turned to Dawn after the first pitch to him, and said... He's got to lean across the plate and take yeah. the pitch. And I said, I don't Roger care. Dorned. And I said, I don't care where it hits him. It's basically me at the plate. Just get your body, get a body part, and sure enough, next pitch, bam. Yes. And I was like, yes, that's what it you It was should. beautiful. And he knew it. Like he, he knew in his mind what he had to do. And he, he sort of faked a check swing. He saw the pitch <laughs> up and in. And he fakes a check swing. Although, in fairness, actually, he did swing at a pitch that was very much in the same spot earlier in the at-bat and swung and missed. So it's possible he was actually starting to pull the trigger on a swing. But good for Torres. If he never does anything else for the Minnesota Twins, he has helped uh, put a stamp on the end of the season. And got a little bruise, right? That's it. Just a little bruise. What's, yeah. That's no price to pay. It's on the meat part of your yeah. forearm right there. So, I'm with you. Uh, Rami, I'm sensing an athlete challenge here. Take a ninety-six mile per hour heater. Actually, right uh, the arm. there was a there was another athlete challenge. Speaking of athlete challenges, and by the way, Rami is on his staycation, so he's uh, he's looking for suggestions on what a guy who's fairly new to Minnesota should do on a staycation the next few days. So tweet at Rami at Rami is tweeting. Uh, but Judd and I were were at the game for at least a large chunk of it last night, and we were up in the executive balcony area. Oh, yes, fancy uh, mm-hmm. the very the posh area. Not Every the time Budweiser. You took a drink, did you have your pinky out too? Well, they were serving tall boys, so it wasn't it <laughs> well, wasn't it super white. Depends collar. on on what you were drinking last night. I'll say that. Okay, I think I was going with the summits and Phil. What, I actually what were you drinking? Again? I actually just drank water last night. No white claws. I got after it the night before midweek, and so. They didn't uh, have was, the white claws though. They had something else. What was uh, it? Bo, uh, bo, bone and vive, bone and viv. I said yeah. on a on a one to ten claw scale, it's like it's like six claws. It ain't. I'm sorry. So what's the closest to the claws? Um, like if there's a sub for a claw, what is it? Probably truly. I would oh, yeah. say I would say the Fulton Seltzer, but the Fulton Seltzer tastes a little sugary. Like they're 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 cheating. Like they're putting something in there that's not. You know, it, What's it's, the calorie it's not count as pure. on the full? You're telling me they're say. juicing? It doesn't say. They're juicing? It's possible, yes. They're Whoa. fattening you up is what they're doing, it sounds like. Controversy here. But we were up in the posh area last night because the Timberwolves put on Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas threw it at first pitch. 
And, uh, and, and Gerson Rosas actually gave me a couple athlete challenge ideas that we could implement. Whoa. I told him about the Judd. Uh, I said, hey, this is going to pain you because you were in the front office when your team missed 27 straight three-pointers, the Rockets, again, the, uh, in the conference finals. But I showed him the video of Judd missing 27 straight, and he yeah. like gave me a couple other athlete challenges that we can, off the mic, we'll put together a couple okay. of potential ones. Oh, you can't like share it. them on mic? Well, I, I've, I've, I'm formulating. I want to run it by you guys, and then we'll, we we'll bring it to Do we get to do the them end. at Target Center? If Gerson Rose has given these ideas to us, can he open up Target Center to us? Uh, I think he probably would. Okay. I think he probably would. We're putting one, the on-air pressure. Well, on one of them's now. a free throw challenge. Okay. Oh, that's got to be at Target Center. Yeah, but he also <laughs> proposed. He also proposed because people were razzing him and Ryan Saunders for lobbing their first pitches, and he said, "I challenge anyone." And Jace Frederick was part of this conversation. Yeah. He he was the instigator. Ja- by the way, Jace and Danny both ripped yeah. both those guys to their faces he about said, this. Let's get you guys in front of the idea yeah. was let's put you in front of. People in an arena to shoot free throws or people in a stadium to throw out a first pitch and see what happens. Halftime of the first home game, score north, athlete challenge, just free throw challenge. We might have to make this Probably happen. can't be halftime, but it could be before. Yeah. You're saying that Red Panda would maybe get bumped for Red the Panda score north free throw challenge? I mean, come on. It's Kick us off the court. North, so. But I feel like I feel like just kind of reading through Judge tweets, and I didn't catch any of the twin show today, but it sounds like based on the fact that you diagrammed with handwritten... Uh, artwork there. Hardcore I came away guys. from last night's game feeling joy mm-hmm. and feeling like, my God, the two extra inning comebacks. It's just a team. I know they're playing the White Sox and not the Astros, yeah. but like, it's a team that just doesn't quit. They come up with the big hits. It's the most clutch Twins team I can remember in my life going back to 1991. And I feel like you came away with way more angst than than the joy I felt after last night's game. I told Derek this so. The extra innings are fine, and th- this team's offense is good. And the fact that they came back is great. I mean, you're playing, you're playing 13 games against Cupcakes, so beat them. But what annoyed me about last night was it was a view into the future, and the future is this: your offense goes up five rip. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think you, I think this offense is good enough to go up five rip on the White Sox, the Royals, the Tigers, or Wait for it. The Yankees. Yeah. And by the way, they went up three rip on the Yankees in the right. wildcard game two years ago with a far inferior so, offense. So what annoyed me was the fact that they gave that all back, that Trevor May, if you know what? If it had been Ryan Harper, I honestly probably don't care. I'm like, Ryan Harper's not going to pitch in the playoffs, the ALDS. I don't care. But Trevor May might. And Trevor May has been very good of late. And Trevor May might be very important. And two guys who were hitting a buck something or two something came up 8-9 in the White Sox order on back-to-back pitches and hit home runs. And I thought to myself, I could see a very, I could see a compelling scenario under which the Twins either playing in Yankee Stadium or at Target Field against the Yankees go up 5 nothing. And I can also see, and we've talked about this for two or three days, and I think it's right on point, and I'll say it again, I love your idea. It's a bullpen game. So Trevor May is really important. Like, these are high leverage. We need you now. It annoyed me that they blew the lead. The end was fine. and The game was long, but the end was fine. I don't care about the game uh, as far as as after it got to be 5-5. And the guys that they brought in from the bullpen also don't care. But what made me hesitant, and and if I'm the Twins, what I didn't like was if I'm up 5-0 and I know my offense is this good and I know my offense can win games, 
I want my bullpen to hold it because I'm probably going to have a bullpen game. Right, but I, I okay, I, I think. I'm not going to fight you on being annoyed by Trevor May at times this season because I have been very much at my wits end with Trevor May at different points as well. But I don't think you can just get, I don't think you can just freak out every time a reliever gives up a run either. There's a middle ground between relievers are going to give up runs. In fact, the best bullpens in baseball over the course of a full season are still going to give up like 150 runs or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're going to give up runs. What's what's more important to me is, and I just pulled this up here, the last 30 days, the Twins have the fourth best bullpen ERA in all of baseball, and and Trevor May's been a huge part of that, but Trevor May is not one of their three best relievers right now. He's been really good the last 30 or 40 days. I think Sergio Romo, Taylor Rogers, and Tyler Duffy are all guys that I would put above, above Trevor May right now in terms of, all right, it's a high leverage spot and all hands are on deck. Okay, and if you want to get on the path of, right, but Phil, Trevor May might have to come in and, and will come in if they're going to bullpen a game. And we both agree that bullpenning a game is optimal strategy over trying to get like six innings out of Martin Perez or somebody, right? Yes, we do. I wouldn't even look to get more than an inning out of Martin Perez. I've got it right here. Game. And we'll, I want I've to get the, to this I've too. got the plan. It's done. But what I'm saying is these guys are going to give up some runs, and we've got to find this. we got to find a balance between... The last 30 days, this bullpen is on point, and there are some dudes who are throwing gas right now, and I th- I think that Gratterall, I, th- I, I believe Gratterall's last outing more than I believe the clunker that he had like a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, but as like your fourth or fifth reliever, too. So I, didn't, I, I looked at that last night and thought, yeah, it was kind of annoying that they blew that lead, but man, they're going to have situations like that. They're going to give up some runs. How do you keep answering in situations where the game's on the line, and they did last night. Oh, and the offense can. I just, I I have backed off that that my belief in June or so, before the trade deadline, that this team can win a World Series. But I think they can get through a round. And so my annoyance comes from seeing seeing what might not get you that first round win. And I really want it. I really think that they can do it. And if we weren't talking, you know what? If Pineda was still pitching and we, we were talking about, okay, the bullpen had some problems, I'd probably be like, that's not good, but it's not. But what annoys me is I will go along with your plan. Barrios in game one, bullpen in game two, day off, right? By the way, this travel is, day. This is my plan. Just it, so. Now, just, is it you and Doogie or just you? No, well, it's, it's, it's Doogie. Doogie and I have co-branded this plan. Okay, okay. so you've talked about this yeah. or you talked about this? And I saw it in the Star Tribune today. I did see it in the Star Tribune I today. I read it in Mike Rand's okay. piece, yeah. And either we've come to the same genius conclusion. Saw Mike last Or night. there is a major major violation of uh, intellectual property happening in the Twin Cities. I don't right believe now. it until I see it in <laughs> newspaper print. So I'm going to give Mike Rand total credit for this. I'm giving Mike Rand was credit. Was it in print or was it just online, though? It's going to be on, in print tomorrow, though. And, okay. that, and then I'm going to say this is the plan. But anyway, so I was annoyed. But I am not annoyed by by the extra innings. I'm annoyed by the fact that I really want to see this bullpen continue to pitch well because Pineda's gone. That ship has sailed, and I'm with you as well. And this is where I think things might have been different last night if it was a playoff game. I think Martin Perez might have to start the bullpen game, but ultimately I don't think he goes as deep as they tried to get him last night. Why? So that, that might be where it changes. But I'm, I'm not guaranteeing that. Wetmore's case, though, was he... Th- he thought Perez should start the playoff game, and they should try to have Martin Perez go like five. Why does he have to start the bullpen game? He doesn't have to. 
I don't know if I, I think put him might. out there at all. I, I, think... th- I am open for discussion here. I, I like this plan. So here's what you have to figure out, right? And if, 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 am I right on this? They, so game game one is, and all of these games are basically set. The Twins are just trying to figure out which road, which road, uh, like where are they going to be playing in Houston in game one, or are they going to be playing in New York in game one? Because they're going to, barring a, a crazy turn of events, they're going to finish as the third best record in the American League. Hmm? And those series start on Friday, October fourth, and then Saturday, October fifth. So you have you'd have back to back road games, day off on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, you would have a home game at Target Field, followed by Tuesday home game. So you're probably going to need four starting pitchers or four plans, right? Four plans. There are two starting pitchers that I trust to just put out there and just cross your fingers and hope that they can go six or seven. Jose Barrios and Jake Odorizzi. So I think the wild card here is, is there a third guy in that rotation that you would run out there, or would you bullpen twice in four playoff games if you got to a game four? Because this is where the could Martin bring, Perez thing well, comes wait, in. Could you bring Burrios back for game four on short rest? I don't do that. Okay, he's actually he's. If you look at his numbers on like regular rest versus extra days rest, that's a huge gap. So I would so I would not best? bring him back on short rest. So so for the bullpen game idea, who's the best guy to start? Is Devin Perez Smel- the best guy to start or Smelter? Devin now, Smelter. I said Smelter against the Yankees because it's sort of the slot factor. Okay, well let me ask you this: Who do you trust more in general for three innings or four innings? Devin Smelter or Martin Perez? For four, it might be a wash. For two, if I could get six outs, I Michael Smelter. I think I just trust Smelter across the board. But I'm only asking, but my point is, I'm starting off by asking for six outs. I'm not trying to get 15. If you're, I'm not even necessarily trying to get nine. I'll take it if I can get it. Okay, let me, let me, let me frame it up this way, all right? Since we're talking about bullpenning a game, and I want to, let me throw this out, and then I want you to go through uh, what you went through on the Twin Show today. Sure. By the way, I don't know if you guys have heard, we have a five-day-a-week Twin Show on Score North. It's called, quite simply, the Score North Twin Show. Apple, Spotify, Score North mobile app if you want to listen on demand. Brian Kenny was on yesterday basically saying that the Twins are a super team, so big, check that out. Big fan of bullpenning, by the way. He is. He coined the phrase or the term bullpenning, and then he deleted his Twitter account. He did? Yeah, Jonathan, can you can you just Google Brian Kenny Twitter? I'm pretty sure he deleted his Twitter account. Why would you delete your Twitter account? Huh. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay, Jason right. Starr's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So their best relievers are Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, Sergio Romo, Trevor May, Zach Littell, and Bruzar Gratterall. Yes. So those are six. Those are six guys that I would trust in an innings uh, in an inning of work over Martin Perez or Devin Smeltzer. Unless there's a lefty, you know, if there's a lefty matchup thing you can get away with with the lefties, then so be it. Could you could you fill out nine innings with those six guys? All right, let me because if you can, I don't even mess with Martin Perez. If I can start let the me, game with Zach Littell for an inning, let me give you what we did today, okay, and, and then work backwards from there and tweak it, okay. All right, six outs, two innings, Martin Perez, Zach Littell. So you're praying in those two innings that you're not down five nothing, basically, and I, right? and, I, and I'm also praying if I'm playing the Yankees that I can get about five runs. Because this is not early or like early. in the game. Okay, early. No, no, no. Because this. No, no, no. I want fourteen runs. So you're hoping it's like five to four when Martin Perez leaves. It's indoor soccer, Phil. Here. It's indoor soccer. <laughs> game one. Game one is Barrios Paxton. I'm assuming that that's going to be a well pitched game. I might be wrong, but I'm assuming probably, that probably it'll probably be a seven six game. But after yeah. after that, I'm counting on my offense. Game two, I am counting on my offense to get me ten or or more runs, probably. All right, but I'm doing. 
This as far as the pitching, as far as the bullpen goes. Perez for six outs, so through two innings. Zach Littell for the third. Trevor May for the fourth. Doogie suggestion uh, via text today. Tyler Duffy, you hope for six more outs in the fifth and sixth. Wow. Romo in the seventh. And then if you're ahead, you get Rodgers, you ride him for the eighth and ninth. And and if this is why you, I, this is why you have to bullpen game too because if you have to lean on if you're going to bullpen a game you're going to want to get to Rogers for six outs and I'm gonna probably get, and, and I'm, then you want him to rest for a day and I'll give you one flaw already is if Rogers comes in if you win game one and he saves game one do I want him to get three outs or maybe six but let let's say three in game three. one and then try to get six more in game two so I'm asking I'm probably asking too much there yeah. but that's the plan that we talked about so you almost have to see what happens in game one before you decide are you going to bullpen game two or bullpen game three if Barrios goes seven or eight innings somehow against an amazing lineup in game one and you've pretty much saved all these guys then I think you bullpen game two because they're all fresh and they get a day off great if if Barrios goes four and it's rocky and you're into a slugfest and now you got now you're using Duffy and May and then I think you just roll out Odorizzi in game two and hope that he can go five or six so that you can save your bullpen. Mm-hmm. So I I almost would just I would withhold the strategy altogether until you see what Barrios does in game one. The only the only thing that you brought up uh, two or three days ago on the show that I absolutely love the point is Odorizzi if you're in Yankee Stadium gives up a bunch of fly balls and fly balls accidentally go out of that ballpark. Yes, fly balls go out of target field. It's a math game with him at that point. Exactly. That's why that's why I like that thought. I like Jake pitching at Target Field way more than Yankee Stadium, assuming that you're playing the Yankees and not the Astros. We're going to get into a lot of Viking stuff. Let's let's uh, let's carry this bullpen philosophy discussion over with our friend Jason Stark from the Athletic Hall of Fame baseball writer Jason Stark, the Athletic and MLB Network. Also, the Twins set another home run record last night, which we can get to. But if you're in the market as a business owner for an insurance company, or even if you're not really and you're just open-minded, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help your business succeed in every possible area you can imagine. They are essentially stakeholders in your success as a business owner. I've been one myself. I know what goes into the ups, the downs, the grind, You know, solving problems, taking care of employees who you see more often than your family members. And it just helps to have an insurance company that's more than just a policy. It's, it's a face-to-face relationship and people who have your back on a regular basis. You can go to their website and find out about all the industries that Federated protects. That's federatedinsurance.com, which is also where you can find your Federated marketing representative. And also worth noting, for the second year in a row, Federated Insurance was named a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. Not shocking why. The people of Federated are the absolute best, and I guarantee once you get to meet them, you'll feel the same way too. A Minnesota-based company, Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. First time in history, one major league team has five 30 home run hitters. And this one landed in the third down. Dude, we were we were up in the, the posh area of Target Field, the uh, executive luxury suite, yes, with our pinkies up, drinking fruit martinis and having our feet rubbed by nameless interns last night. Uh, that's not at all what happened, actually, but like... There was a bunch of conversations happening, and that you could hear the crack of the bat here. There it goes! And everyone turns around, and it's like, that ball went to a spot in target field that I don't think I've seen a ball. I mean, Jim Tomey is really the right. only comparison. Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network. 
The Twins have 530 home run guys. <laughs> in the heart of the steroid era, they couldn't even get a 20 home run hitter one year. So help us put this, this new Twins home run record into context. Yeah, well, there are five teams that don't have any 30 homer guys. Uh, the Twins, the, the Tigers, who play in the same division, they don't have anybody with more than 15. Ugh. So uh, the, the, there's that whole side to it. But you're right. The, the Twins once went almost 20 years, right, after the 87 team without anybody hitting 30. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. I was around for those. Yeah. Uh, that, like, that was a stretch where they had five in like a quarter century, and now we've got a, we've got five in one year. This isn't isn't even over yet. So it, it, this is just where we are, right? As a sport, like I, it, it feels like now, every day you read or you hear, uh, three teams broke their all time home run record last night. That's just just where we are. But it, this is still an amazing feat, just even in that context. There've only been three teams in the history of the American League that only had, that even had four thirty homer guys, and that was all in the PED era too. Right. So there's nothing like this. Nothing. So is there, Jason, anything about the uh, the power surge that we've seen, especially in 2019? Is there any uh, one stat, or are there any stats that that to you, a huge baseball stats guy, do stand out? <sighs> Man, where do we start? But I'm saying, like, uh, catch your attention, and you still say, "Wow!" Despite the fact that all of these teams, to your point, are are establishing single season home run marks for themselves, for instance. Yeah, well, I mean the 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 fact that we're going to just obliterate. We already have obliterate the all time record and hit something like 1,200 more homers than last year, and yet it's possible nobody's even going to hit 50, let alone 60 or 70 tells you that it's all sport-wide. You know, it's not concentrated in a few guys taking magic potions. Uh, this, is, this is across the sport. The other thing that just blows me away is the rate of home runs per fly ball. One out of every six and a half fly balls now hit in the major leagues is a home run. Wow. Try to digest that. <laughs> right? Like, think of all the fly balls you see in a, in a game. Yeah. One out of every six and a half is now a home run. But I, you know, I think the good news for the Twins is this is how you score. This is how these teams are built to win in October. And I'll tell you a little secret. I had a manager of an American League team tell me the other day, he thinks the Twins are going to want to play in the Yankees, and the Twins are going to win that series because we're gonna win, Twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win, Twins. What's that baseball song? Where did that come from? Continue. Uh, what do you mean? What? 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 What are you talking about? You mean when you mentioned that the Twins are going to beat the Yankees? You, uh, did you hear something in your maybe? I don't know. Maybe you're hearing voices, Jason. Everyone around me was had burst into song. It was that was our producer Jonathan singing there. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan didn't even, didn't even know I was going to say that. So that was uh, that was remarkable production work. I'm ready at all times, days. Jason. Yes, you are. So what was the what was the why there? His, his logic was that the the Yankees' secret to pitching success is throw a bunch of sliders, and he thinks the Twins hitters 
do a better job of hitting sliders into the seats than any team in the league. So, I mean, I, like, I, there's no history that would indicate there's a, a reason that the Twins wouldn't beat the Yankees, right? I can't think of any. I, I mean, hey, listen, I uh, <laughs> largely successful against the Yankees throughout the course of their mm-hmm. history since moving from yeah. Washington. Yes, no question. Yeah, Especially in October. Do you do you think? And and we just we'll get into the bullpenning discussion here too. The, the, over the last thirty days, the Twins have the fourth best bullpen ERA in all of baseball. Which last night they weren't so hot for a while, blowing that five nothing lead. But yeah. with with the, with this lineup and with how well that bullpen has been performing in the last thirty days, do you see a path for the Twins to win the World Series? Uh, it's a difficult path, but I want to remind you of something. There's no one way to win. There's no one way to get to the parade floats. And now, I think more than ever, um, we make a big mistake when we we start trying to analyze who's going to win the World Series. We're still trying to do it the way we did it 20 years ago. That's not the way the game is played now. Like, this is not about who has the most, quote-unquote, October-ready rotation. It's just not how teams line it up. Like, I admit I'm fascinated by the fact that the most data-driven team in the sport, the Astros, is built around its rotation. I am fascinated by that. But that doesn't mean that's the way you have to win. I, I mean, we've seen so many examples in recent years of teams that were bullpen-driven, not rotation-driven, that have won the World Series. You just have to be, you have to be really good at when you when you lead in those games you need to win those games so all of that being said jason stark if the twins play the yankees and if you're uh if the al skipper that you talk to is correct and the twins can hit enough of the yankee sliders out of the ballpark to win that series on a scale of let's say one to ten how surprised would you be if the twins matched up with houston and got past the astros I mean, it would be the same situation. I, I watched. I, I covered the Astros Red Sox series last year. I, I, I'm not convinced that the Red Sox were the better team, but the Red Sox made a play every night that was the difference in the game, and you know they they beat Verlander, for example, twice by with a long ball. And if you look at Justin Verlander's year, he's like he's got a chance to have the lowest opponent batting average for a season of the live ball era. And yet he's going to be close to leading the league in home runs allowed. If you hit home runs off that guy, if you hit home runs off that staff, you can beat them. What are the Twins built to do? <laughs> They're built to hit the long ball, and they do it up and down the lineup. There's been some really interesting stuff. Hey, I, I hear something again, Jason. <laughs> this has turned into an audio daily double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, never, you never know when you're going to trigger the yeah. random sound bites. That's I actually like that. I like that music better than the... Uh, the trivia music. Oh, well, we can. Well, yeah, we can. We'll change that. it. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just like, that. I, there's too many strings in the trivia music. <laughs> Request granted. <laughs> is it okay on your Astros point? Is it you know the Astros and the Yankees have the same record? But is are you are you in the same uh, boat that we are? Which is the Astros are a level up. The, the Astros are a better team than the Yankees, despite their same record. Uh, I mean, I've thought 
eight years now, the Astros are the best team in the sport. And I, 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 I was, I saw the Astros on opening day and thought that and wrote that and have never stopped thinking that they, you know, they've, they've had some trouble absorbing some of their injuries. And so they've had a couple stretches that have skewed their overall record, but my God, that team is, is good. There's really nothing they don't do, assuming they can get their bullpen act together in October. They're a little, they're a little less in sync on that front than they've been in the head into the previous two tournaments. Yeah. Uh, Jason Stark is our guest here, by the way, every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And uh, you can find his written work at theathletic.com slash MLB and on MLB Network. So uh, I, I, are you going to miss that this was the last time this last weekend that the Raiders will play football <laughs> games on a baseball field because their next home game is actually in uh, London, I believe. And yep. they, so they don't play another home game at the Oakland Coliseum until after baseball season's over in November. Are you, are you going to miss watching football on baseball, <laughs> Diamonds? I, I love I, this conversation. Yeah, we, we did a big segment on this on, the, on our Starkville podcast, me and Glenville, the other day. And um, it, it's, we, never, never again can – I mean, this happened in, it happened in Minnesota for years, right? N- yes. Never again can you say that, say – Fran Tarkenton and Ken Herbeck played on the same field. That's probably not quite accurate. <laughs> I got my Fran Tarkenton years wrong, but you know what I mean? You're close. Like, Actually, I'm not that far off. You're very close, I, Jason. Yeah, I love that sort of thing. And uh, I'm a lover of, the, lover of the weird and wacky, in case you hadn't noticed, so I'll miss that. I've also, you know, it's also occurred to me for many years that, well, how come baseball games are never played on a, like on a football field, there's no goalposts. I think it would really be, it would be a, a, a great wrinkle to draw in those football fans who don't get baseball. Say if you put goalposts out there in center field and a guy hit a fly ball between the uprights, you give him three bonus runs. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, that's a, I've never the, thought of that, that idea. The, that's a good idea. The, the Twins might actually want to petition for that, looking at the bottom end of their starting rotation. Like, the yeah. only way to get more runs uh, different. Hey, of, of all the old stadiums, too, so, you know, Philadelphia, Vet Stadium, uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Uh, the multi-purpose. Uh, yes, the, the multi-purpose. Were there any that you found to be charming? Uh, that you like that group, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Well, just any, no. Oakland, like any multi-purpose. The, the original Oakland Coliseum, be, you know, be, when you could still see out beyond mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, ab- above the the house that Al built. Um, they, you used to actually be able to tell that there was a world out there, that there was a state of California out there, and it was actually, you know, the baseball configuration was actually pretty cool. Uh, it, I, you wouldn't say that now. It's still kind of a funky atmosphere, but uh, it had its charms. Uh, Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego had its charms. Uh, I, I'm grasping now. Candlestick? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Not really? No. Uh, Shea. Oh, my God, no. Um, How bad was Cleveland? That place was so weird. <laughs> Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm scarred because when you saw baseball games in there, in there, I didn't see many. Uh, as opposed to football games, I saw one, the Elway game. I saw, I covered that game. Uh, you know, there's no, there were no human beings in the in the stadium for baseball, 
And I, I remember them telling me a story one time about how a game, a game got held up for like 25 minutes because the hitter complained that there was a light bulb out in center field and it was about to go, so it was strobing and it was distracting him and he needed to, they needed somebody to change the light bulb and it took him like 20 minutes just to find a stadium worker who could <laughs> accomplish that. Wow. So that, that, oh, that, so that place was so bizarre. Did you like the Metrodome at all? <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the word charming to describe the Metrodome, but it was unique. Uh, you know, there was a trash bag in the outfield. Yeah, that was that was different. very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and and look, I saw great stuff in the Metrodome, and it was the atmosphere was amazing when I saw that stuff. So I'm always going to remember that. I try not to get distracted by the other stuff. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's let's fire up whatever music you've got up up ready to go here, Jason, yeah. because we have there it is. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Prince, we're gonna storm. All right, Jason, you bring trivia to us every week, and I think you've stumped us all but like one or two weeks. We've yet to we've yet to really get on a roll here, so let's let's see if we can start a late regular season streak. Let's yeah, do let's it. see. Um, I, I was thinking about Mike Trout. His season's over, but he still scored a hundred runs this year. It's the seventh. Time seventh. I want you guys to name the only two twins to score a hundred more than three times. So four or more seasons of a hundred runs. So uh, two twins have, who have scored a hundred or more runs more than what now? More than three times. More than three, so three times. Four, four seasons or more. Four seasons or more. Oh my runs. gosh. Okay, I will once again to clarify, Jonathan, be asking questions of my partner, Phil, not be making uh, declarative statements. I uh, think Rod I'll Car- tell you if you're answering. Rod Carew? Questions. Rod Carew feels like a safe enough bet. Rod Carew. Rod Carew, Rod, really? Rod Carew? Rod Carew couldn't do it? If Rod Carew couldn't do it, no one can do it. He only did it one time. What? Like one time in his whole career. So Joe Mauer and Rod Carew both like rarely hit the 100s. The 100 runs, 100. Well, Maurer never did on either side. Never did. Um, never did. We uh, more times than anybody in the league, but never scored 100. Wow. I'm going to guess, Chuck, since we already lost, Chuck Knobloch. Yeah. yeah. That's but, a good one. But if I would have guessed Knobloch first, you would have said Carew, and I would have agreed, and yeah. we would have lost anyway. Oh, yeah, we'd still be wrong. That's okay. <laughs> so, and now we're down, for the other one? Now we're down to one more. He, he, he stumped you before, and I've even advised you not to let that happen again. Brian Dozier? Yes. I, never, I wouldn't have gotten that. So Brian off. Dozier's on that list, but Rod Carew's not. Huh. Baseball. Yeah, one time. What a weird it? sport. Miscarriage of justice it, right there. It is a weird sport. I, like, I was shocked that Tony Oliva didn't do it. Yeah. He scored 100 his first two years in, in, in baseball, but then he never did it again. 99, 97, 96. Really? I, was, uh, I thought Kirby would have done it. Uh, I did it three times. Got in the 90s two other times. Uh, Killebrew, you'd think, right? But no. Twice in the nineties, uh, it did twice, and then in the nineties three times. So baseball is just bizarre. It is a weird sport. It. By the way, I, since I, I personally subscribe to the notion that I'll take a guy's eight to ten peak years in terms of Hall of Fame over longevity, I think Tony Oliva should be in the Hall of Fame if if that's the criteria. But uh, I I voted for Tony Oliva once upon a time, right, right at the very end of his time on the ballot. Um, he, he, he has come close in the veterans' committees, so it's just going to depend on who's in the room. Yeah. Sure. So, well, Jason, we always love talking ball with you, and 
It's looking like, barring a ridiculous collapse against the worst teams in baseball, we are going to be uh, discussing at least an ALDS series with the Minnesota Twins. So we'll see what happens. There's a a chance I could cover that series. I'm doing the Astros in the first round, whoever they play. Okay, well, all right, if that happens. That'd be great. There's a a seat in here for you to hang out with us. (laughs) There's music playing all the time, too. Yeah. I, I, I want to meet the band. I do. Oh, they're, they're quite the collection, Jason they Stark. Really they're yeah. quite the collection. All right, bye, Jason. Thanks. See you guys. Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network. An ale skipper telling him that he thinks that the Twins could beat the Yankees based on facts of the, hitting the slider for home runs. we got to pull that. we got to play that tomorrow on the Twin Show. Stark's insiding. Dude, that was... Uh, for us! That was great. I mean, Jason Stark is... And I think you guys as listeners, we go back and look at, you know, what's the most downloaded stuff to on demand. And like Jason Stark has been great on a regular basis, but that was peak Jason Stark today, man. We had, we had factoids. We had him talking to sources about the twins. Yep. Pretty much everything right there. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Kirk Cousins, introspective and self aware or something else. We'll talk about that when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. I want to talk about my friends first at Serta Pro Painters, and I want to talk about the fact that uh, fall is around the corner, and I want you to do me a favor tonight when you get home. I want you to know this. It's unfortunate. It's true. It's been hot of late, but you know what? Because fall is coming, you're going to be stuck inside your house for the winter. And when you're inside that house, so when you get home tonight, I want you to look around and understand this. You're going to have rooms that need painting. Because if you're stuck inside your house and the rooms don't get painted, you're going to think to yourself all winter long, why didn't I get these rooms painted? And that's when I want you to pick up the phone or get online and talk to the folks at Serta Pro Painters. I'm thrilled by the job they did at my house, making our guest room and bath look like new. Two words come to mind, professional and thorough. And now it's your turn, as I just said, to contact the folks at Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that I did. Fall is a great time to check a painting off your to-do list and fall back in love with your home. Love your indoors again by giving your home a fresh and cozy look this fall with a new coat of paint. It helps each Serta Pro Painters business, independently owned and operated, so it's right here in our community. Schedule your free estimate online at CertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Find out for yourself the type of quality that you get from Serta Pro Painters. Again, free estimate online, CertaPro.com, or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, we do painting, you do life. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here bringing this download brought to you by Tondrick Financial. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. If you're not running, be one of the 4,000 volunteers who will make this annual community jewel sparkle. Whether you help at the expo or on the course or even at the finish line, you'll find your efforts satisfying and appreciated. Visit tcmevents.org forward slash volunteer to learn more or sign up. If you missed a last night, Miguel Sano home run. It sounded like this. There it goes. For the first time in history, one major league team has five 30 home run hitters. And this one landed in the third deck. Like was said in the clip, it was the first time one team has had five 30 home run hitters in one season. And that would be the Twins, which is shocking to me growing up as a Twins fan. Not seeing many home runs hit by many players. Had to go back to 2009 until you hit five guys who hit 2,000. 30 home runs. It's a ridiculous Jeez. number. Jeez. Also, join Dan Terhar, Kendra D. St. Alvin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at 2.30 and the kickoff at 3 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and to the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Joe Rami. 
It's nice to nice to be believed in. Uh, you got to go out and earn it, though. In this league, no one's giving you anything. This isn't a charity. Uh, you got to play well to earn people's confidence. So if he's saying that, it's because he's seen practice reps, he's seen game reps, he's seen what we're capable of as a, as an offense throwing the football. And uh, and so you got to go out and earn it. Believe me, I'm not going to be playing quarterback here if I play the way I did this past Sunday for much longer. So uh, I understand that, and um, you know, I look forward to getting out there and playing at a much higher level. You know, Kirk Kirk had an up and down game last week. He's going to be fine. Um, we have the utmost confidence in him. You know, he's in a good place. Where he's going to play good this week, and uh, he'll continue to play good the rest of the year. So that was back-to-back comments. Obviously, the first one from Viking quarterback Kirk Cousins this afternoon, and the uh, the second one from Mike Zimmer in his morning midweek press conference. Phil, I actually want to start here. The Cousins comment in and of itself is interesting, but I'm going to start you with this one. And I made this observation after listening to the Zim comment uh, to Collar as well on Purple Daily today. What does it say about Mike Zimmer's thought about your mental state of mind when you play the quarterback position? So you are one of the most important, if not the most important person. Mike Zimmer, as a rule, doesn't really hold back much. Now, I'm not implying he should rip you. And, And I think his comment there is absolutely spot on and fine. But when Mike goes full kid gloves on you and you're a quarterback... That's a really interesting starting point to me yeah. because, you know, think about what Mike said about Case, and he sort of ripped Case, but, you know, Teddy, he loved Teddy, but he didn't, like, pull punches continually. It's almost as if Mike realizes now, and, and it's the ultimate, in a weird backhanded way, sign of um, disrespect that you don't think that you could, this guy's coming off a terrible game. Like, the comment would be, he had a terrible game. And he's going to have a better game against the Raiders, and we've talked to him, and those conversations are going to be internal. But that was a bad game, and we know it. But Mike doesn't even feel comfortable going there. Well, I think he actually, I actually praise Mike Zimmer for not going there because it, there, there's been times where he's gone there where he hasn't had that filter of something happened, kicker misses kick, offensive line plays like garbage, you know, whatever it is. And then instead of running it through a filter of, okay, before I speak publicly and essentially speak to the locker room through media channels, is this the most productive way to communicate with the party that I need to communicate with? Is going up to the podium a couple years ago and filleting my offensive line and questioning their manhood, basically, is that is that just me satisfying me as a coach or is that me saying something strategically and productively that that's going to take the team to a new level and i i listening to these sound bites i think it's very obvious that you know, and not just listening to these sound bites but just like evaluating kirk cousins from afar for several years kirk cousins is a thinker kirk cousins is an explainer he's insecure in ways i'm not saying that he's like cripplingly insecure but he feels the need to over-explain to reporters more than a Drees or a Tom Brady. I mean, there are certain guys in the NFL, not even like the Hall of Fame caliber guys, but there are certain guys in the NFL, if they have a crappy game or throw a bad pass or do something to cost their team in the fourth quarter, and somebody asks them about it after the game, they don't like feel the need to get up there and justify it. They're just like, oh, <laughs> I'm was bad. You know, i not going to sit here and explain what I need to do and tuck the ball better on fumbles, right? So I think Mike Zimmer has correctly evaluated the landscape here and said, all right, this guy, he's got some insecurity, got to coddle him a little bit. He's yeah. a thinker. He's an, he's an explainer. If I say what I really want to say, which is, my God, could the table have been set anymore? All you have to do is not wrap the Ferrari around a tree like he did in the fourth quarter. 
you know, it, 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 would I be satisfying myself by lighting him up? Or would it would it would that be productive? And the answer is it wouldn't really be productive. I don't think it would like make Kirk better if he lit him up at a press conference. And I think Mike's approach right there was perfect. My, I did too. My point is he won't even go near being Mike because he's so afraid of the fallout on Kirk Cousins, who's in his eighth year in the National Football League and fifth year starting. That's my point. My point is the happy medium Zim would be it was a really rough game. He didn't play well. We're going to come back. It's going to, you know, blah, blah. But in this case, he's gone full kid gloves. That, to me, is an indictment of Mike's thinking of Kurt's mental state. But here's another so layer I'm, to this. I'm not criticizing Mike. I think Mike's doing the right thing. Yeah. But I think it's very telling that he doesn't even feel comfortable even alluding to what he he would like to say without going full on, Kirk was terrible. Do you think Kirk realizes that Mike doesn't go full bore on him? No. Because if if you do if you do realize it, and you realize that he talks about you differently than the way he talks about everybody else, especially his defense that he loves and takes so much credit in, I think that would bother me that he doesn't feel like he can, you know, be honest about how he feels about me. But that's but what what you just said is a level of introspection that we have to find out. Does Kirk yeah. is is Kirk saying things that are introspective, or is he actually introspective? And I don't really know Kirk, know enough about Kirk to say one way or the other. Kirk was clearly schooled uh, between the time 2018 ended and 2019 began on how he handled things in 2018. Kirk is now saying what Kirk thinks you want to hear. Because when he says, I might not be the quarterback if I play like that, okay, that's that's BS. Like, you, you are the quarterback. You will be, yeah. You're making $84 million, and your backup is a guy named Sean Mannion. So if we... Delve into Kirk's comment and ask the question, does Kirk really believe that? Of course he doesn't. Yeah. His job's in no jeopardy. Kirk is saying, and this goes back to Kirk being the corporate quarterback. Kirk is saying what the role calls for him to say in Kirk's mind. Yeah. It, it means nothing. And, and by, and by the way, if I hear this once or twice more, I'm going to scream because he came out after preseason game three and talked about this. I got to be better. Okay. Yeah. You do. Now just go out there and be better. You know, the, the other layer to this too is, you know, kind of what to what Jonathan was saying, Mike Zimmer is consciously choosing the path of I'm not going to be hard on him. I'm going to I'm I'm going to say this. You know, Kirk Kirk had an up and down game last week. He's going to be fine. Um, we have the utmost confidence in him. You know, he's in a good place. He's going to play good this week, and uh, he'll continue to play good the rest of the year. I think this is like this is calculus, Mike Zimmer. We not, I feel like we don't see a lot of podium, you know, like public speaking calculus, Mike Zimmer. But we're seeing it here. I think he knows. If he goes up there and bashes Kirk Cousins, there's already guys in that locker room yeah, who are thinking, agreed. I don't know if this is the guy. I don't know. Like He can't win a game on Monday night. He can't beat a good team. Look at their the, record. I think guys know that. I, I if honestly, he, If he piles on, though, it makes it official. If what, he, it, so his job is to say, listen, this whole thing falls apart if people stop fully believing in Kirk Cousins. So I need to do my part as a head coach. To prop him up. It's a smart move. I think Mike's default in life is to get frustrated and mad. I honestly think that the soundbite that you just played a couple times from Mike is Mike Zimmer at his wit's end, not knowing what else he, he can do, and he just knows that if he piles on, it's not going to, to help. I, I think when Mike gets mad, ordinarily we say, well, this person has reached their breaking point. He's a football coach. I think Mike is an older football coach. I think getting mad is part of the process. The calculus here is, 
I think he's also sort of throwing up his hands and saying, okay, it's not going to help yeah. to rip him. But that's a, but that speaks volumes about how he feels about Kirk. Kirk's your quarterback. He should be able to take it. By but the he way, knows he can't. I guarantee Kirk Cousins throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Raiders on Sunday. Is that a write that down? Guarantee it. Write that down. Wait, how much? Um, I'll say 275. <laughs> 275. Three touchdowns? I don't get two. Listen, we're not in the Friday write that down official window. <laughs> no, here. you said, no, you're no, the one that held people the standard. Yeah. yeah. Johnson's holding right, the standard. All right, fine. 303 touchdowns. <laughs> write that down. Yep. Let me write here. I'll, I'll mark it down in my. Uh, I've got the I've got the official notes open here. So how much? 303 touchdowns. I mean, I don't like to make a bet on that. You're playing at home. Win? It's I'm, the Raiders. They will beat the Raiders. Yes. And they should. The, the, the season is over if you lose to the Raiders. I think the defense plays a tremendous game. I don't know how Kirk plays. I really don't know at this point. After Sunday, he was so flustered. I don't. I can't guarantee it. I, th- I think the defense plays great. I think he's he's so capable in moment like the moment that you really needed him was fourth quarter Packers, and yep. it's that moment for his whole career that he wilts. Right? Not that you don't need him against the Raiders on Sunday, but you're playing a home game. You're going to run the ball. Uh, the Ra- you know the Raiders. It's not like they're going to travel. I I know the Raiders in the first uh, in the first week looked very formidable, but like you're going to be fine against the Raiders. Without Kirk Cousins, and because of that, he's going to throw for three hundred and three. And the next real test is Chicago. That's the next real real. What you write that down for the Bears game, Soldier Field? I don't know yet. I want to see what happens against the Raiders first. One twenty two zero and four. <laughs> Judd, I'm more interested in what is write that down is for Bears Week Seventeen. <laughs> I only hope it matters. Yes. Let me put it that way. Uh, we. We're going to keep the Vikings discussion going here when we come back because Judd sent an email earlier today and and he has flushed out this theory now on Ventline and on Purple Daily that the Vikings should trade for Jalen Ramsey. And Collar has a piece about this on scorenorth.com that the Vikings should trade for Jalen Ramsey. So should the Vikings trade for Jalen Ramsey? We'll come back and talk about it. After we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, you should trade for a Luther Brookdale Toyota experience. Is what you should do. Trade in your old, whatever your dealership is or your service department, wherever you get your oil changed. I could pretty much guarantee you're going to have the best experience of your car buying and driving life if you jump onto the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and say hi to my friends in that service department. You'll see a state-of-the-art facility, 30 workstations, some of the smartest people, friendliest people. They'll treat you like family like they have with my family for 30-plus years. And on the showroom side of things, you get the best combination of service and people, but also durable, technology-driven vehicles like the 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving for a few months now. Love the fact that I can just tap the Scornorth mobile app on that Apple Car screen or Apple CarPlay screen. So again, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard on the website, if you want to peruse around and look at some specials, is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Reckless Viking speculation when we come back. Roethlisberger is one of the few people whose neck is wider than his head. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. All I care about is winning, man. Everybody know that. Straight up, now, I excuse my language, but everybody know that. That's that's who I am. That's that passion, that fire, that heart. That's a uh, that's what y'all love, and I'm continue giving giving that as long as I'm here. Jalen, you said you want to be a distraction. Do you think you are being a distraction in a short week? 
Uh, let, well, let's be clear about something in regards to that. I didn't leak that information. Me and my agent, we, we are not the ones who leaked that information. And I was very strict about that because I did not want it to get out. And I, don't, I didn't want it to be a distraction. I didn't want everybody asking my teammates all type of questions throughout the week. So let, let me be real clear about that. I was not the one, me and my team, we were not the one that leaked that information. Okay, we need to publish our show emails back and forth. We should just like screenshot our show emails back and forth. Because at ten thirteen this morning, by the way, that was Jalen Ramsey, who he's going to play. He's going to play, right? I he's going to play tomorrow. He night? said he he said he that wants to play. He said uh, like um, Minka Fitzpatrick did for the Dolphins, who played last Sunday before getting traded to Pittsburgh. That he wants to play, but if you're Jacksonville, you can't play him, right? You'd be stupid. To Doug play Marone him. said he's suiting him up. Well, it depends I, if you if you intend to trade him, then you probably shouldn't play him. Well, supposedly the deal. I what I read this morning is the deal could go down Friday. Like he could be traded as early as Friday. Wow! So you're crazy if you. If, you know what? If you I'm Coughlin, dumb if you play him. If I'm Coughlin, I tell Doug, Doug, yeah. sit down and listen to me. He's not playing. Yeah. If you, if if you if you plan on saying no, dude, you're under contract. We're going to hang on to you. Then then you play hardball and you and you suit him up. If Absolutely. you're planning on trading him, you should not play him tomorrow. But if you're planning on trading him and you're going to wait till Friday, why not just do it now? Just get it over with. Trade him why, now. Well, you're yeah. Gonna why tra- would you wait if you're not going to suit him up Thursday? If you're not going to suit him up for the game tomorrow night because you're planning on trading him Friday. Why not just trade him now? I think what they're probably Why trying wait? to do is like wait till they're trying to wait till other teams who want him to be at their facility as soon as possible. Like, what's the drop dead point for them to get a bidding war? But but here's the email that Judd sent. I love this stuff. Ten thirteen this morning, and Judd said, "I'm going to start Vikings Ventland this morning by making a case that the Vikings should trade for Jalen Ramsey." And thus, here we are. The reckless speculation sounder has oh, I'm to sorry. be come oh, on. I'm, that's 100% my I forgot to sound it this morning. Uh, the email said, I'm going to start Vikings vent line by making a case that the Vikings should trade for Jalen Ramsey. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. But never more sound. <laughs> like, this is one of the greatest cases. This is one of the easiest cases I've ever made. All right. This goes back to the springtime. Phil Mackey, when I said, well, if I'm the Vikings, I think that you should let Anthony Barr or Griffin walk because I think that what you should do is invest that money on the offensive side of the ball in, let's say, a guard. And the Vikings didn't do that. They brought everybody back. All right. Well, now we've seen two games. Game one, your quarterback threw 10 passes and you won. Game two, your quarterback folded as badly as you can fold in a game that the Packers were dying to give you and you lost. Part of the problem was in game one, your defense got off to a bad start. Now, it played three quarters of pretty good football, but it played one bad quarter, and that cost you. The other thing is, part of the problem with that was Xavier Rhodes didn't play well in that one quarter. Xavier Rhodes, I think we can all agree from what we've seen in the last two years, and early part of this year especially, is not the player that he was. He was a shutdown corner in 2017. The Vikings went 13-3. and He was a huge part of that. Those days appear to be done. They're not coming back. And so now what I'm calling for the Vikings to do is to sit down and say, okay, we didn't listen to Judd in the spring, and we didn't help ourselves offensive line-wise. So our offensive line is lacking, and our quarterback's not that good. Do you think they have meetings where they're like, you know what, guys? We just didn't listen to Judd. We should have listened to Judd. I think they listened to the wrong station. <laughs> Probably. Let me put it that way. And so... They love K-102. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Rami doesn't, because he can't take the country music. But I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So... What I am calling for is the Vikings, Phil, to double down now on defense. I think their defense is good. I think it might be very good. I do not think it's great. 
if you bring, if you trade for Jalen Ramsey, you're now introducing, arguably, I think, without and, and perhaps not even arguably, the best cornerback in the National Football League right now to a defensive secondary that has Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties right now. I think Jalen Ramsey, who could then shadow the top receiver for whomever you play, and by the way, is on his rookie contract. His fifth year options not till next year. Gives you a great defense. I don't see any case against this, and I am prepared to send the Jaguars a first round pick, Xavier Rhodes, or you know what? They Coll- probably wouldn't want Xavier Rhodes. Collar talked about this. Okay. I will send you a first round pick. I'll send you Xavier Rhodes, a first round pick, and a third or second round pick for sure. If you want Trey Waynes instead, I will come up with a package that includes a first round pick. Trey Waynes, probably not the third round pick as the offer. My point is there's almost no deal. If you are, if this was a nice Vikings team that you said to yourself, okay, it's a nice team, but in two years, it's going to be really, really good. I wouldn't do this, but you've, you are all in. This is the all in. The Kirk Cousins move was the all in. Right now, the all-in has to be to make that defense as good as you possibly can. And here's the scary thing. And this is going to sound stupid, but I believe it to be true now. The first quarter at Green Bay can't happen. Like this, You don't even have that, which is a really sad statement. And if I'm on the defense, I'm PO'd about that because my quarterback should have won that game for me by handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook, and he didn't. But I think it's safe to say the first quarter, because if the first quarter does not happen, you leave... Lambeau Field, and the discussion is Kirk Cousins didn't play well, but you won that game. So the first quarter in Green Bay can't happen. I think with Jalen Ramsey in your secondary, it doesn't happen. So if you want a first-round pick, Xavier Rhodes in a third-round pick, and I'll give you a fifth round or two because you traded one for Corey Vedvik, so you sure as hell well, can trade I'm one. I'm not giving up all my fifth-round picks. Waste um, them all. But if you want Trey Waynes instead and a first-round pick, and now I've got Mike Hughes coming back, and Jalen Ramsey. The point being is, I can't see a compelling case not to make this happen. Okay, so here's why I disagree. And uh, I'll make that compelling case. In a vacuum, and I tweeted this out too, like in a vacuum, everything you said is right. That you're in a win-now window. You're in, and some people might disagree with this, but the Vikings have put themselves in a Super Bowl or bust sort of window here with the signings on defense this offseason, all, almost all of your key players on defense are no longer 22, 23 years old. Daniel Hunter's like, Daniel Hunter's going to be around for a little while, but Harrison Smith has taken a beating over the years. He's not getting any younger. And we've talked about Xavier Rhodes is on the downside. So in that win now window, you should be willing to give up future assets to help this team give this team the best chance that you can, right? But here's the compelling argument against what you just said. If you're hedging, which you might consider here after watching, again, Kirk Cousins come up short in a big game. If you're hedging, you should hang on to first-round picks that could eventually be starting quarterbacks for your franchise. So if the if, if you decide, you know what, Jalen Ramsey would help this team right now, you better be damn sure that it helps your team in a Super Bowl way. Right. Because if you give up a first-round pick next year, the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract, next year, if you decide after this year, you know what, he's not a franchise guy, we're certainly not going to re-sign him beyond the third year of his contract, then you are officially open for business in 2020's draft with one year left on Cousins' contract to draft franchise quarterback wherever you wind up drafting. Let's say like 16th or something. Sure. So if I don't think they can win this, if I don't think adding Jalen Ramsey makes this team a Super Bowl contender, 
I wouldn't give up that first round pick because I want to hedge on Kirk Cousins. But does that make sense? It does, but the issue is this. The people making the decision might not be around to make the decision you're talking about unless they do hedge. Unless they go, if you, your only hope is to turn your 2019 defense now from being very good to great, which I think the addition of Ramsey does. If it falls apart, if you're Rick, if you're Mike, you're probably gone. So I'm going to the Wilfs and saying, we're all in, baby. Let's stay all in. And I'm giving up my, my first round pick next April to Jacksonville. I'd prefer not to give up two, but let's say I give up a third rounder. And Trey Waynes or, or Rhodes, if they'll take Rhodes, you might be right. They might not take Rhodes. But what you're saying makes sense. But I am, I know that I'm all in. And if this falls apart now, my job is hanging by a thread. I think Jalen Ramsey stabilizes that thread. Okay. Do you, do you think, let's say it's a first round pick. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is a player, but let's, let's say it's just draft picks. Let's okay. say it's a, it's a first round pick. And uh, and a like a future second or a third round pick. So it's it's future assets, and you don't have to give up anything on your team. I don't know if that's what it would be, but do you think adding Jalen Ramsey to this collection puts them in the Super Bowl conversation? Yes, because your defense becomes that good. I think your defense becomes becomes so good that it's the only hope. And, and it's a flawed listen. It's flawed logic because then my logic is in 2019, my defense and my run game are going to get me a championship. I'm not saying it's perfect. But it's the only. But, it's, a, it's a fascinating concept. But because, but because you didn't address a side of the offense that I believe you should have, I think now you say bleep it. We didn't do that. Let's double down on this. Man. Let's uh, let's pause quick. We have, we're going to get to in other news, but I, I want to. We, we do have Tom on hold. We'll get to your call, Tom. Do you think the Vikings should trade for Jalen Ramsey? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Matthew Collar wrote about this on scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. Uh, Judd came out of the gate on Ventline this morning, which, by the way, is now a six-day-a-week show, post-game Ventline. And we now have Monday through Friday Ventline, 10 o'clock to noon on Mondays after Vikings games, and uh, Tuesday through Friday at 11 o'clock in podcastable Apple, Spotify, and the Score North mobile app. And Purple Daily is also five days a week, including Alex Boone, Say Rosenfels, along with daily host Matthew Collar. But uh, if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. Should they trade for uh, for Jalen Ramsey? The Score North Fall Auction is underway with great items up for grabs on home improvement, travel, heating and cooling, and much more. To view all the items and place your bid, visit scorenorth.com, keyword auction. Also join Dan Terhart, Kindred E. St. Aubin, J.B. Watson, and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at 2.30, kickoff at 3 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. All right, we'll take a break in, a, in just a minute here from the hard-hitting sports news of the day and of the week with In Other News. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Rami is staycationing, and if you have suggestions on what he should do, and his, this, is his, this is his first full year in Minnesota coming from Chicago through Milwaukee. And uh, he's wondering, what should I do? I'm, I'm going to hang out in Minnesota for five days. Hit him up on Twitter, at Rami is tweeting. But the question that we posed and that we dove into for the first 20 minutes of this 5 o'clock hour, uh, should the Vikings trade for Jalen Ramsey? Judd says it's a no-brainer based on where your franchise is at and based on how all-in you are. I say it's not a no-brainer because I'm hedging on Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to give up a first-round pick that easily unless I think Jalen Ramsey makes me a Super Bowl winner. And right now, like, 
can your is your team going to be measurably better than? And I'm looking at the AFC too, the Patriots, the Chiefs, like the top teams in the NFL. Because if not. Next year is my first crack at potentially drafting the replacement for Kirk Cousins, and I want to do that in the first round. I'm so. say, I'm saying it's the perfect storm with people with where they're at career-wise and job security-wise and saying this is my last bullet to fire. 651-646-8255. Andrew and Blaine, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you, Phil. Um with the guys that are coming out uh, of the draft in the next, um, well, I would say this next draft, you have Herbert out of Oregon. Um, I think you've got Tua coming out out of Alabama. And then also, too, you've got uh, Aaron Murray from Georgia. I think those are some good options that the Vikes are going to want to look at. And if they go with Jalen Ramsey, then they're going to they're gonna forfeit those guys as potential options. And it's possible, Andrew, thank you for the phone call. Andrew's called before, and uh, he brings good points. The other thing to consider, too, is you know some of the, some of the guys he just listed ain't going to be there when the Vikings are drafted anyways, you know, unless you're drafting number one or right, number that's three a, overall or something. Yeah, I guess my question to that is how bad do you expect to be with Cousins as your quarterback for the rest of 2018 and his defense, which is still good? I think you're going to be drafting... What would you say, 16th, 15th? Yeah, they're not going to... Like, you're not going to go to a top-five pick. That's my point, is you're... Right now, I feel like your defense is really good, but you're sort of stuck in a, in the middle there, or, heck, you might be a playoff team. You might be. So this, to me, is your final, let's do something to make us as good defensively as we possibly can, because Rhodes' fall-off is definite. He's just not the same player. Yeah, and I and just on the quarterback and the, and the drafting thing too, like Tua, um, there, there's there's guys that are going to be franchise changing quarterbacks, you know, just number one overall pick for sure things, and you're not going to really have access to those whether you do or don't trade for Jalen Ramsey. That's right. You're just, you're just not. So you're not going to be bad enough. And that's actually the one thing about the Vikings historically, as frustrating as they are for fans, they're never that. They're never like the Browns. They're never bad enough. To, to be 1-15, in 15, to get the quarterback that you might need, to get the Baker Mayfield as they hope that he'll be in Cleveland. But what I'm arguing is, if you have another swing in the mid to late portion of the first round on a Lamar Jackson to take over for Kirk Cousins when you're done with him, because I'm not, I'm not resigning Kirk Cousins after this three-year contract. It's, it's, I'm good with just the three years. And, and starting in 2020... <laughs> you're not really good, but it'll be done. Yep, starting in 2020, if... If the next Lamar Jackson falls to me at pick 18, I'm pulling the trigger on that, even with one year left on his deal. So it doesn't have to just be Tua. It could be, it could be, it, let's say Tua becomes one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Like it sure. doesn't have to be that it's like Pat Mahomes sure. slaps you in the face. It can be a guy who's just cheaper and top 12, you know? And if, if Rick had job security, that makes sense. My point is he doesn't. And so if this goes sideways, Cousins has failed. Your defense was good, but not great. Yeah, that Rick doesn't. Rick's not thinking final, in terms of like drafting another quarterback. The final, right? the final piece to my equation is this: might be what these guys need to save their jobs. Because if Rick gets fired, are they they really going to tell the new GM that you have to keep Mike? Probably not. So the trickle down is is this could completely blow up, even if the season record wise doesn't. Yeah. Let's take uh, one more here. 
Tom in Columbia Heights has been on hold. You're hey, on with guys, Mackie and Judd, uh, Rami. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I'm just wondering, can Jalen Ramsey play quarterback? Um, <laughs> we can find out. Well, um, I, honestly, I was, I was calling in to compare and contrast uh, Zimmer's treatment of Cousins versus his treatment of Keenum. <laughs> he would rip Keenum nonstop, even though they were winning. Mm-hmm. Keenum saved that season and might well have saved both Zimmer and Spielman's job. Yet Zimmer couldn't go through an entire press conference without out calling it like a horseshoe for Keenum. Yet he has to put kid gloves on for Cousins, who's making way more money. Let me ask you guys one thing. How many wins, not ties, how many wins do the Vikings have in the last 16 games, uh, 18 games, excuse me, with uh, Keenum versus Cousins? Is it, is it dramatically different? So right so they are, they are, with Kirk Cousins, they are 8-9-1. and one. Um, I mean, I don't think Case Keenum. I think Case Keenum was Tom. That's a great question. Thank you. So he's saying what? calling last eighteen games. He's saying like in the Kirk Cousins era. So sixteen games last year, so and then the two seven, so for this year, eight and seven and one last year, and then one and one this year. Or I'm sorry. Uh, so they are uh, nine nine. Eight, I had it back to it. Nine, They're eight, nine and eight and one. Yep. I don't think Case Keenum is a good quarterback. I I, I should take that back. I don't think Case Keenum is a sustainably good quarterback. I agree with that. I think he was lightning in a bottle. It was a perfect situation. Yep. And it worked out really well for him. I don't think I don't think he would have been able to replicate that. Now, the Vikings placed a bet on that exact thing by bringing in Kirk Cousins. Could Case Keenum like to his question, the Vikings are 9-8 and 1 with Kirk Cousins. And they, they could be with Case as well, but I'm they with you. They thought they'd be better than 9-8 and 1 with Kirk Cousins. Yes. Yeah, they banked on the fact that Cousins in their mind was the best available free agent quarterback out there. And they banked on the fact, and I don't think they're wrong, that Case Keenum had a magical year that was never going to be repeated again. I agree with all all of that. What I'm saying now is people are trying to save their jobs. And in doing so, I would have, listen, if it was up to me, I would have let one of the defensive guys walk, and I would have got a big-time guard. And I would have anchored that offensive line and been as good as I possibly could. Because it frustrates me when you go out and get Kubiak and you get elements for Cousins because you've seen a year of the shortcomings, right? You saw them, and you bolster a lot, and then you also say, but offensive line-wise, we're going to draft a guy, and that, you know, poor Garrett Bradbury. I don't mean to pick on the kid, but he's overmatched. And Klein, your right guard, is coming off a bad year, and he's not a great player. And Elf line, since his ankle snapped in Philadelphia, has probably not been the same guy. All The only answer I can see now in doubling down is saying, can you go out and make your defense great so that a first quarter like happened in Green Bay on Sunday doesn't happen? And no, that's a big ask of the defense. It's not fair. But what else are you going to do? What has Cousins shown you in big games to make you think it might be okay? So, yeah. you're, so you're right. Oakland, they'll probably beat them. It's all, it, yeah, go ahead. It's also really rare that, like, an asset like Minka Fitzpatrick or an asset like Jalen Ramsey is just available because the NFL is turning into the NBA where superstars are looking around at these crappy teams and saying, I ain't going to play here. Think of it's it ridiculous. This, think of it this way. To me, the Jalen Ramsey scenario is an in-season Jared Allen. Yes, but... Because he will think that defense. Right, but... J- Adding Jared Allen brought that Vikings team from eight and eight to ten and six. So you could make you could you could make the same point maybe about this. But the thing that brought that Vikings team truly to Super Bowl contention was Brett Favre. I know, but you're just not he's not going to be out there. I know. I'm trying to make this as good good as possible, and I'm trying to think like people whose jobs in jeopardy are thinking. Sure, because that that's the one thing is ultimately the long play is you're probably exactly right. Your logic makes perfect sense. 
But what the logic doesn't have is, oh my gosh, I could get fired here very easily. Yeah, and I'm thinking of it less like you're what you're you're looking at it from like you're putting yourself. Uh, this is like face off. You have strapped on the face of Rick Spielman. You are Nicholas Cage <laughs> uh, with John Travolta's face. Again, you're right. Yes, and and you are looking at it through the face and the eyes of Rick Spielman. Correct. And Rick Spielman probably knows deep down that he's not going to be able to go to ownership and say, "Hey, so." Uh, Kind of want to draft a quarterback next year, like with Kirk Cousins under contract, right? I don't think they're going to give him another swing at another quarterback. I don't know. I think you're right, but um, I'm looking at it from just if I were running the Vikings without the fear of being fired if I you know make the wrong move. I'm just I'm looking to make the right move, mm-hmm. and to me, the right move is trading for Jalen Ramsey if you think you can win a Super Bowl, but. If you think you're going to draft a quarterback in the next couple of years, I want those bullets in the first round. So I feel I, I'm I'm actually leaning toward hedging on this and saying, "Ooh, that game against the Packers was so." I feel telling. I feel right now that it's a coin toss if the Vikings are a playoff team because I just I don't know if you get Jalen Ramsey. I think you're definitely a playoff team, and now I can I can make a run. I can make the run. So it's a it's a super fun talker, and it might even we'll we'll see. Like at some point, there's going to be like someone's going to trade for Jalen Ramsey, and then we're going to get to play the Would you have given up the thing that this team gave up for Jalen Ramsey? And then we can really have a price tag on it. But sure. it's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday, and uh, usually we do an extended version of this, but there was just so much good hardcore sports stuff to get to. But we're going to take a break from the hardcore sports stuff to get to one of our favorite segments, Jonathan Harrison, in other news. In other news. And this gentleman is from NBCChicago.com. And this freaks me out on a number of levels, actually. All right. I'm just going to read this to you guys. The truth really is out there. How do you pronounce the uh, the, the Blink 182 guys? Is it Tom DeLong? Is that how you pronounce it? Sounds good to me. Tom DeLong from Blink 182. The truth really is out there, Tom DeLong. According to Vice's motherboard, Navy spokesman Joseph Gratisher has confirmed that three videos posted to, uh, I think, a Facebook page for To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, the organization founded by Blink-182 rocker Tom DeLonge in 2015 to pursue research into UFOs and extraterrestrial life, that those photos do indeed show, quote, unidentified aerial phenomena. That's right. Wow. A Navy spokesperson person has confirmed UFOs. Quote, the Navy considers the phenomena contained and depicted in those videos as unidentified. Each of the videos were posted uh, in December of 2017 and in March of 2018. How do you guys feel that a Navy spokesperson has confirmed, yep, those are unidentified aerial objects? I'm okay with it. When's the last time in your life that you didn't think there was life elsewhere? Like I've I've thought since I was a kid. Yeah, but I think there's a, there's no way there's, there's something not. little a little spooky. I, I've always thought that too, but I think there's something a little spooky about now we know that they're visiting. <laughs> we've known we've had. Oh, they're not coming here. Come on. Well, they're not coming here because it's too cold. No, they're not coming to planet Earth. They might go to Florida. No, no, no. no. I could see them in Florida. They're not going to Florida either. I could see them in Florida. 
Have no. you seen have those you weird seen little humans treat each other? Have you seen how humans treat each other? There's no way aliens are going to be like, yeah, sure, we'll go down there, test our <laughs> luck with these guys. No, 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 no. I heard the country has never been stronger. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Dangerous territory now, Judd. It's a great country, great aliens, best aliens out there. Newsweek. <clears throat> Newsweek writes this, and I'm going to read. This is really long, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consolidate it a bit. But And if, if you've got comments, feel free to chime in. Sure. A huge fire at a cattle breeding facility in Australia has caused thousands of dollars in damage after at least 100 cylinders containing bull semen were destroyed. Emergency services were called to the blaze in the early hours at Yarman Herd Services in Gippsland, Victoria. According to ABC, it took 10 fire crews more than two hours to fully extinguish the fire. After it broke out around 3 a.m. local time, a spokesman from the County Fire Authority told Daily Mail Australia that the fire had, quote, completely shredded the building. The County Fire Authority Gippland Commander, Chris, I'm not even going to try on the last name, said the crew had to be wary of, quote, this is where it gets interesting, projectiles coming at them while they tackle the blaze. The Wait. Li- <laughs> what? Go ahead. Projectiles of bull semen? Uh, There's a drop. Quote, the liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding, and essentially the <laughs> lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off the top, and projectiles were being thrown from the building, the commander told ABC. So this reminds me of, like, the end of Ghostbusters, where the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man explodes. <laughs> yeah. Except it's not marshmallow this time around. I'll continue with the quote. So the firefighters went into... Uh, Defensive mode initially to protect themselves because there were also <laughs> LPG cylinders at the neighboring property, and they did a magnificent job. Yeah. This guy added that he has ne- never had, quote, anything to do with artificial insemination side of things mm. before during his career. Always good to, to focus on protection. In other news. What do you got for us, Bull Seaman will get you every time. It really will. Somewhat along those same lines, Dateline Miami. <laughs> The internet porn business is booming. Yeah. The uh, once taboo industry's continued creep into the mainstream is seeking to broach another barrier. This time, it's sight set on the naming rights for the Miami Heat basketball arena. Yes. I'm so, I, I'm shocked that this didn't come up last week in this segment. It came out shortly after we did another news, so I sent it to Rami, but I'm going to use it now. The internet porn company. I don't know if you can say what you're about to say. They sit on Lebitard. It's an abbreviation. All right, go for it. You're the boss. Say it once. Bang Bros is looking yeah. to purchase the naming rights for the Miami Heat's naming or er, arena for ten million dollars. And they want it to be uh, what's the, so it's it's BB Company, I think. And so yeah. what they're saying is, hey, we want it to be the BBC Arena. Yeah. Very classy. Very yeah. classy. Yep. Not gonna happen. We've also had in the past, wasn't it Ashley Madison.com yes. tried to buy the naming rights for the 49ers new stadium? Yeah, they did. I think so, yeah. The yep. website where you can like cheat on your spouse. Yeah, that didn't work out or for your him. wife, I guess. That didn't work out for him. So, uh, <laughs> and then don't, don't forget, I, I believe the Cardinal Stadium, the, uh, the restaurant, the Mexican restaurant, the Pink Taco tried to get their name on <laughs> oh it and they wouldn't God. allow that. <laughs> Good God. And I think they bid quite a bit. What have we. Tell me you don't want to play in that stadium. What have we done? Alien life. Best country ever. Great country. Don't see why you wouldn't want to live here. That's why we need the Space Force. We're going to wrap with Royce when we come back here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app from the TCL Studios, where we've got two 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs in here. 
And uh, we love the pr- the combination of the price, the picture quality, and oh. also the connectivity options. You get if you're a cord cutter, especially you get access to five thousand plus streaming channels. There's really no better TV to purchase uh, than a TCL if you're a cord cutter out there and you're just sick of paying for cable or satellite bills every single month. But five thousand streaming channels and five hundred thousand plus TV shows and movies. Uh, if you're a sports fan, that means all the different Fox streaming platforms, Big Ten Network, uh, Fox Sports Go, ESPN Plus, you name it. And they also have the TCL Alto soundbar, which connects to any TV, but it works better with a TCL TV. You can get the full entertainment system in your living room or any room in your house. Just go to any major local retailer and check out TCL TVs for yourself. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this download that's powered by Modest Brewing Company. If you missed earlier, we talked about Mike Zimmer's comments about Kirk Cousins. Here's what he had to say in his weekly midweek press conference. Well, Kirk, Kirk had an up and down game last week. He's going to be fine. Um, we have the utmost confidence in him. You know, he's in a good place. He's going to play good this week, and uh, he'll continue to play good the rest of the year. So, Kirk Cousins was asked about Zimmer's comments that he's confident in. Kirk Cousins, and here's what Kirk had to say, and it got a little bit interesting at the end. It's a, nice to be believed in. Uh, you got to go out and earn it, though. In this league, no one's giving you anything. This isn't a charity. Uh, you got to play well to earn people's confidence. So if he's saying that, it's because he's seen practice reps, he's seen game reps, he's seen what we're capable of as, a, as an offense throwing the football. And uh, and so you got to go out and earn it. Believe me, I'm not going to be playing quarterback here if I play the way I did this past Sunday for much longer. So uh, I understand that, and um, you know, I look forward to getting out there and playing at a much higher level. So Vikings fans, your confidence level in the Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. Let us know over at Score North on Twitter at SKOR North on Twitter. If you're heading to the Twins game, check out Modest Brewing Company, located only two blocks from the Target Field Station. Modest is known for serving a wide variety of one-of-a-kind super drinkable craft beers. For their full menu of craft beers, go to modestbrewingcompany.com. That's been your Score North Donald. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. All right, Patrick Royce, I think you said it best about a month ago. Let's stop bitching so much about the Twins and just enjoy an historic season. And I think last night's game falls into that category. Yes, they blew a lead against the White Sox and Trevor May gave it up, but to come back twice in extra innings and win on a walk-off hit-by-pitch puts it in the top five list of most entertaining games this year for me, Pat. Well, I switched to, in the heat of the night at 11 o'clock, I couldn't take it anymore. And I, I, I turned it back on just in time to see Arise get hit with the pitch, so I didn't miss anything. Torres. Uh, yeah, it was Torres. Torres who put his arm out. Yeah. Who? Who? Who did get hit? Torres. The former Yankee. Yeah, he got hit. He got hit. That's right. I kind of liked him in spring training. I thought he could get a hit, but he had a bad season in Rochester. He's had some real uh, problems. I think he's had a sick child, and his wife hmm. and his wife might have lost a child or something. It's uh, it's uh, he's had a and he's, he's left that team in Rochester quite a while. That's right, it was Torres. Well, whatever. They bored the hell out of me. I turned them <laughs> off. I couldn't stand it. When you start at six forty and you're still playing at eleven o'clock. Here's a true story. Pat Borzy, uh, you know, uh, Min Post and other outlets, uh, got on a plane in Boston in the third inning and watched the last three innings for all. <laughs> it's like the old Mackey and Judge show, Pat. It's even worse. Than, and you're still on the air. 451. Four, but it was an amazing victory. Yes, it was. Uh, I'll agree with that. But sometimes you just can't stand it anymore. 
when they're it could have been worse, I guess. We could have been in the Boston game last night where they had 24 pitchers. Jeez. Was it really 24? I saw it went forever. 24 pitchers. Oh, my gosh. And baseball wonders, and people wonder why baseball is changing their rules. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that one was uh, that was the last glimmer of hope for Cleveland, don't you? Okay, they, they win that one. They cut it to four. Yes. They can still think about things, but uh, Twins coming back and winning that game is amazing. Uh, Rocco was actually uh, much better than normal today. I mean, he was effusive with praise, but he went on about a rise. It was pretty good. He was about uh, just uh, how uh, you know amazed they've been by him. And uh, uh, and I brought up that uh, did you were you guys watching last week when he struck out on a ball over his head? Uh, I didn't see it, no. Were you watching? Yeah, I was, I mean, like, uh, head high. Mm-hmm. And everybody was shocked, <laughs> including him, the dugout, any of us who were watching. And he pointed out, he said, yeah, when you got a rookie who strikes out and people are shocked, that's a pretty good rookie. Yeah. You know? So Jason, Jason, a bad pitch. He's been terrific. Uh, no Kepler yet. I don't know what the outlook is on him. They're obviously uh, taking it easy and wanting to be pain-free and all that good stuff. But uh, that's their uh, number one concern right now, I would say, huh? You saw a specialist, huh? I, I saw the note in uh, in your paper today about that. Yeah, yeah, two MRIs. Yeah, it's never good. Anything, and now they're looking. He says he's okay. He says he's getting better, but they always say they're getting better. But uh, wow, would that be uh, would that be that that would be the final kick in the groin right there, wouldn't it? I mean, if it's a shoulder, couldn't you? Maybe they're waiting till you get a little closer to the postseason. Give them a cortisone shot with a few days before the division series. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, give them, give them something. Maybe they already have and haven't told us. Who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah that would be uh, that would be disaster right there. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, but tomorrow night I think it's uh, big for them. They need to find out if Gibson can help them or not. They. Uh, you know, I talked to Rocco for a while today uh, for a few minutes, and he said, you know, we already got two openers, one opener. We don't want two, you know. So uh, they're going to they're gonna keep running him and Perez out there and hope they see something before the end of the season. Do you think, Pat, that if and when Perez or Gibson starts a playoff game, that they basically are slotted to try and get, let's say, six to nine outs, and that's it for them? I have no idea. I have no idea if that's what they have in mind or not. Uh, uh, you know, they're not going to have unlimited relievers. They're going to. It depends upon who they trust. Even you know, tonight you're not going to see the A team uh, if they're in a situation like they were last night. Uh, those were they brought out their A team last night to try to win that game, and they almost it looked like they were going to blow it. And uh, but the, you're going to see the other relievers tonight. So you might, if you're coming to the game, you might get to see Brewstar, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, there we, we were kind of going. So Judd literally has a handwritten uh, bullpenning strategy for one of the games. And what I would worry about here is if you get to a game four, because you, you're if you play four games in the division series, you're playing four games in five days. So you're going to need four different starters or four different plans, yeah. unless you want to. And I'm not running Barrios out on short rests. I I want him to be uh, no, full rest. No, so you no, might need you yeah. might need to bullpen two games, Pat. No, they're not going to bullpen two games. They're going to but. You know, they might, you know, as Judd points out, you know, if they sent Perez out there, they might go three and a third. But, 
they're, uh, I don't think they feel like they're in that kind of position with their bullpen. Their bullpen. If you're only going to have, what, eight relievers, I guess you could bullpen too, but it depends upon, you know, how much. The, the other thing is, you know, you go five and a, if, a, if, a, if you get a good start, it's five and two thirds in the postseason, and you got to use Tyler Rogers, uh, you know, to try to, uh, uh, you know, Taylor Rogers. Taylor Rogers to try to finish two games. By God, is he good though? Yep. Yeah, he's good. He is really good. I remember early this year arguing with people on Twitter, saying they don't have a closer. They need a closer, and I, uh, I didn't. I never thought they needed a closer. I thought they needed help out there. But I, uh, you know, I, I saw enough from Rogers last year to know that he could be a closer if. Unfortunately, he was so damn valuable as a left-hander and with no other left-handers in the bullpen. I didn't know if they were going to dive in and just make him a closer or not, but he's fantastic. We were, we, I filled out my ballot today for the Twins postseason awards. Who's your, yeah. Writers here. Yeah. I couldn't come up with a best defensive player. (laughs) You're supposed to have a defensive player of the year. I'm not voting for a guy who plays 92 games. I almost uh, put Burritos on the list. He's our best fielder. They don't have a fielder. How about this one? It, it might be Kepler in right field. Yes, that's true. Because not center. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's also, it's also Scope turning the double play. Damn, is he something turning the double play. That one he turned last night to get him out of the uh, the mess that uh, Rogers kind of put himself in was fantastic. I had no, I had no thought they were going to turn that one. He's got a great, uh, got a great arm too. But Pat, unfortunately, if yeah. you hit the ball to him, he might kick it. So, so who who was your MVP vote for? Cruz. Okay. There's some Kepler votes too, but Cruz was my MVP. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's a few of them here, but mm-hmm. he's my MVP. There was. Uh, by the uh, way, oh, go ahead, Pat. We were upstairs yesterday with the uh, Timberwolves group on the third. Deck of this, uh, of this, uh, the offices out there. Yeah, that ball Sanoa hit could have killed somebody. Oh my uh, god! That was unbelievable. Yeah, I think he hit that one harder than he hit the one in Boston, which is unbelievable. Okay, listen, listen to the sound. Listen to the sound of this. There it goes. Here, crank that up, John. Let's let's crank it up even more. There it goes. Wow. Good God. Sometimes Dick Chuck calls them prematurely, but he was right. It didn't take him long to call that one. God, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, John, were you there by the time he hit it or not? Yep, I was. Okay. But I couldn't it see. Went over our, yeah. It went over our heads. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was incredible. Hey, yeah. Pat, I, I am right now perusing this uh, Giants-Red Sox box score of a game that went 554. This is unbelievable. Yes. The Giants used 13 pitchers. It looks like a batting order. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, my That's, gosh. Uh, thank God baseball is changing this rule. Not You can't have as many pitchers, and you got to face three guys. Thank God. Phil, this uh, is the, this is the pitching line. And by the way, what's the Giants' record? What's the Giants' record? Yeah. Because right. they're not, yeah. they're they're out of it, right? Yes. There's no yeah, need to. There's 73, 78. 73 and 78. Yep. They're, so, like, you're five games under 500. Just use five pitchers max. What are you doing? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The on-field staffs and even the baseball departments have no appreciation for the game. They don't care whether they're entertaining the fans or not. They don't care. They don't care if a guy who's watched baseball his whole life switches to in the heat in the heat of the night at 11 o'clock at night because he can't stand it. 
That's a good show, actually. Is that no, what you? Great movie. That's what. No, it, I wouldn't turn over. I wouldn't turn over to just any movie. It was a great, it's a great okay. movie. I just happened to be clicking and saw it and said, "Okay, I can have Rod Steiger, or I can have these idiots." So I'm going to uh, go with Rod Steiger. Well, let's see. That's Cinemax, perhaps. Back in their prime, actually, the Emmanuel series that might get you. You know what? Uh, I got to be I, I saw a DVR'd version of the uh, Christy Brinkley family on Dancing with the Stars that had me captivated. Oh, really? Time. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of her daughter. She's fairly attractive too. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Christy Brinkley <laughs> is like sixty-five, going on thirty-two. Yeah, it's not way. fair. It's, it's ridiculous. So, anyways, Pat, we got to run. We will talk to you tomorrow. Maybe she can pitch. Yeah. Pitch. <laughs> well, she broke her arm and is no longer on Dancing with the Stars, but we'll see. Oh, he hung up. I think he hung up. He hung that up. was fantastic. <laughs> that was, that was quite a, You know what? We got to capture that whole thing. was quintessential, I see. So, Pat, so one more thing I'm thinking about is that click. It's so hard to know sometimes when to start your question, too, because he just like has thoughts on things. I'm proud of myself when I don't start my question, and then he just keeps going. But every once in a while, I don't, and he stops, and then there's this uncomfortable pause. Yeah. That's, but, I think, my favorite part about taping Roycey Unchained is just Judd will just sit there like, mm-hmm. And just can, wait for Royce to like start again. But I can see yeah. that. Like I can see him firing, so I'm fine on that. It's on the phone that I don't know if he's firing. Quarterback cesspool challenge on the show tomorrow. Please give us a five star review on Apple or Spotify. It helps grow the show. See you guys. I mean, that is one big head.